Hey everyone, it's Megan Bowen, and you are listening to the Unwritten Playbook Podcast, where we showcase how smart and interesting people are breaking away from how things have always been done and charting a new path. We will explore topics ranging from marketing, sales, customer success, and also personal development and leadership themes. Join us to learn from pioneers who are paving the way for what the future brings. Hey everyone, welcome to the Unwritten Playbook, where we talk to interesting people who are rejecting a status quo and paving a new way. I'm really excited today to welcome Nemanja, um, CEO of Funky Marketing. He helps B2B companies with their marketing and demand generation programs. Um, We met on LinkedIn, and this is the first time that we're meeting in real life on Zoom. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Nemanja. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you, Megan, for inviting me. Uh, and you pronounced the name right, so it's, <laughs> it's good. I did it, uh, except I skipped your last name. So why don't you give everyone listening an introduction? You can say your full name, since I would have butchered your last name, and t- just tell everyone you know who you are, what you've done, why should we care, and you know a little bit about what you're doing at Funky Marketing. Yeah, thanks for thanks for for giving me the opportunity to to talk about that. Basically, I'm Nemanja Zukovic. I'm the as you said CEO of, of Funky Marketing. Uh, Funky Marketing is a company that helps B2B companies, mostly tech oriented, with uh, demand generation programs and helping them um, get to the to the revenue persistently using some cost efficient strategies. Um, who am I? Uh, it's a hard thing to, to say. I started in uh, I started studying marketing, but I didn't ever finish the university because I didn't learn anything about marketing over there. So I went in a different direction. I went in the nonprofit sector. So I learned how to give value first, trying to help like save mountain villages from dying, uh, fighting fighting for the youth rights, doing those kind of advocacy, working for the UNICEF in the. Um, regional uh, center where I help, help like uh, small Roma kids integrate into the community. And um, it was funny times actually, I met the guy who is doing all the photos all around the world that you're seeing from UNICEF. I even brought him into my hometown to do the workshop for the local kids. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, fun and I learned a lot of a lot of things. I've been in, uh, in NGO sector for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I learned uh, a lot of things when it comes to like running an NGO, running a team, project management, marketing, anything, because we didn't have advertising at the time. We didn't have like, uh, we have just Facebook and Facebook groups. And I was still able to get like 200 people from 18 countries to come to the small village next to the period city in Southeast Serbia that nobody knows about. Uh, and like even people from other continents. And uh, basically I learned a lot through that. And then when I moved to the to the for-profit sector, I need to, um, to change my mindset and actually get thinking about profit. So when I realized that uh, I can actually sell everything, uh, my knowledge, my services, everything that I know that I don't need to pitch somebody for the, to give me money for the projects. It was 
all a lot of, a lot easier. So um, I started as a rookie in Canadian-based agency, around 15 people. In 13 months, I became the first GM over there. Learned a lot of things because I was given the opportunity to do that. Learn how to to fight uh, with people who are unsatisfied. Learned how to fight my ego also, and um, basically. Uh, Around two years after that, I went to another agency to specialize in performance marketing, marketing automation, website personalization. At the same time, I worked in a, as a CMO in another startup based in, in Canada, basically uh, an app uh, that was uh, trying to reward uh, car owners for taking care of their cars. So uh, automotive industry, and uh, I worked with I think more than uh, 120 companies, all kinds uh, of companies all around the world. And I gather a lot of knowledge when it comes to um, firstly B2C marketing. Mm -hmm. And then like when I founded uh, Funky Marketing this January, I, I brought all B2C uh, way of thinking, uh, emotions, the way they do marketing, the way they do business into B2B. And basically we're trying to do different things and trying to make B2B environment a little bit more interesting and human. Absolutely. Well, I think we're aligned on this philosophy. I think B2B marketing has undergone um, a lot of changes and I think a lot of companies are still using the, the old playbook and um, it's so important. There's so much from B2C marketing that can be you know, taken over into B2B and it's really more about um, generating great content and awareness um, and you know, getting to your, your buyer in the right way so that um, they know you exist, they know how you can help. And then when they have a need, they're coming to you um, instead of, you know, a lot of the, the go-to-market motions for a lot of B2B companies are, you know, invest in a massive sales team and just do a ton of outbound sales efforts, um, which, you know, it can work. It works for people. It can work, but you know, it's not really buyer centric and, um, and often the unit economics, uh, and the customer acquisition cost is completely backwards. Doesn't make sense. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the startups have the growth at all costs mentality and are fine to just keep running that playbook and, and losing that money. And, um, the reality is, is there is, there is a better way. So I know we are aligned there. Um, yeah, I mean, everything works. It's just a matter of time and money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, like, I always like to, like to say that it's just the matter of in which stage of, uh, of development, the business you are and how many, uh, how big budget you have and how your company is structured. A lot of different things in, uh, is uh, influencing that, but nobody is like taking all those things into consider like everybody else is doing outbound, we're going to do outbound too. It's usually how it goes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, people just uh, follow what everyone else is doing or do what the uh, sort of what the previous leaders ha have done. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer that um, if you want to achieve greatness, you have to do things in a different way. And uh, and, and that's a continuous effort. Um, you know, once you find that new way, it will work for a while and then you'll need to find, you know, another new way and continue to to evolve, to stay to stay relevant, to stay innovative. 
Um, so I'm sure, I mean, there's probably so many different status quos that, that you reject, even within the marketing world alone and, and probably outside of marketing. But um, if, if you had to sort of zero in on one that you feel really passionate about, what, what is a status quo that exists today that you reject and, and why do you reject it? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about that topic, the topic a lot, especially because the, there's a festival in Serbia called Cactus Festival, which is more turned to advertising because here not that many people are talking about marketing outside of, of the advertising. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I saw that this is the thing that, that I'm seeing, that not a lot of people understand what marketing really is and how important it is uh, for the business. Some of them connect marketing to the, to the revenue, some of them connected uh, to the sales, some of them connected uh, to some other departments, but um, one thing that can work and it should work is that marketing should be the closest thing to the revenue and should respond directly to the CEO. That's how I'm seeing it. And uh, I think this is something that I'm thinking about a lot these days. Maybe not my biggest status quo, but something that I'm thinking about these days a lot. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So like, um, I, you know, and I've, I've been in organizations where, um, you know, a marketing leader will report up into a CRO and not a CEO, right? And often be, um, you know, sort of pressured to drive inbound, you know, volume of inbound leads to the sales team so that they feel like that's a, a way that they can hit their, their goal. And so, um, and then additionally, you know, what's very common and we see all the time is marketing often is measured on things like lead volume or MQL regardless of whether those actually turn into qualified opportunities and, and revenue for the company. And so it sounds like what you're really honing in on is, you know, marketing should be a function that is, you know, equal to all other functions reporting up directly to the CEO. And, and you're also making that connection to, to revenue. Is that, is that kind of where you're honing in on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, marketing can, uh, can only be great if like the management understands marketing, right? And yeah. uh, we see if it understands, uh, if we see to whom marketing is reporting. And uh, in a lot of companies, what you said about MQL, those kind of things, sales processes are, uh, are long, especially in B2B. It can take up to like say nine months and uh, until that time comes during those nine months, uh, company management or the or the CEO they need they need to know that marketing team is doing something. So they mm -hmm. tied it to the to the MQLs. Just give us something, and if the number of SQLs is growing, so okay, they are doing something. They don't look even at the at the sales. So uh, I mean, marketing should be connected to the to the results. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, let's say for the revenue, but it it has a much bigger goal and. Uh, I like to say that it needs to be tied to the to the business goals. So it's mm -hmm. not only like sales; it's also awareness, it's brand, it's a lot more other things. And a lot of decision makers um, think about marketing like the old school way, and because they do that, they they uh, tie it like marketing is the same as advertising. Um, for the social media, this is something that I got like a few days ago from uh, from the guys who are involved in digital supply chain. And 
some of the guys on the board are on the boards of really huge companies. Um, they say like, it's important to be there on social media, let's say LinkedIn, for example, but we're not getting results out of it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we're gonna start investing in it uh, when uh, we need new clients, not now, or uh, we're gonna measure everything. This all, all means that they don't believe actually in marketing. Nobody uh, did, uh, I don't know, something on the side or really show them the results or the way it can work just to convince them and to show them what can be the result. Yeah, definitely. You know, and this is um, an interesting topic because I do think that the the CEO or the leadership's mindset at a company plays a big role in whether a marketing leader or CMO can come in and effectively you know, run marketing in the way that, that we believe. And so um, what do you think some of the key differences are between a CEO that gets marketing and a CEO that doesn't really get it? Because I think any marketer is going to want to make sure that they're evaluating the CEO and leadership and ideally working for a company and a CEO that really understands the importance of the function. Otherwise, it's going to be probably an uphill battle and not an enjoyable experience um, for a marketer to join a company where the CEO sort of doesn't really get it and embrace it. So what do you see as the, what's the difference? How can you tell if a CEO gets it or not? Uh, I mean, for me is always uh, the the situation that I see in the company. So do they know the storyline from, from the very beginning? How is the foundation? Do they know what's their storyline? Do, does the CEO know why, why he founded the, the company? And then how the other people that he's bringing in fit into the storyline of the company and aligns with his storyline? And then what are the values around which they're all gathering? And, and then what is the culture that they're trying to, to create over there? And if... This is something that they have, even if they're like three people. It is something that will influence who they are bringing in or what kind of people they are hiring and all kinds of different things. I mean, if you if you check the companies which are right now dominating like the LinkedIn, uh, let's say Gravy, Gong, mm-hmm. those kind of like bigger players, they don't have people who have worked there for like 20, 30 years. Those are all like younger people who understand the um, the goal, understands why are they here in the company? Because if they're not comfortable there, they would go somewhere else because mm-hmm. they, they know the importance of the personal brand of sharing their emotions, opinions, feelings. And if you hire those kind of people and you know what is your culture, what are your values and build it around that, I mean, it will show. Mm-hmm. You can see it all around if people are reacting, how they, how does it go? I think Drift was uh, a great example of how they started the whole narrative, like using LinkedIn for that kind of platform, but they started uh, by, by knowing their customers. Mm-hmm. Because they created a company around product people because they found out like the product people don't, nobody knows what we're doing. And so, okay, we are going to be the ones who will tell that to the world. So they gather around them and then they come in with one product with another one. They change the category, all kind of different things. And um, an example, how did I see that, that they are really trying to add value to every 
uh, every single interaction they have mm-hmm. is like in the last company they work at, we bought like conversational marketing book. So they send it from, from the US and two weeks after another book came in uh, sent by Drift and it was like, uh, it won scale, a small book with 40, 40 pages when they explain exactly the things that can be measured, but they implemented to create a hyperdot company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's something to send a book to Serbia out of out of nothing. That's that's the real value right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you hit on some really good points. It's, um, you know, can the CEO tell the story of the company? Right. And the product. And if they're really adept at, at articulating that that vision, then um, that's a good sign that they that they probably get it. Um, then you brought up uh, values. Um, and so making sure that, um, you know, the company values um, are really rooted in, you know, I think what I would add to that is sort of like the long term thinking. I think um, a lot of the bad behaviors or, um, you know, sort of poor decision making, I think is really just a result of feeling the pressure to do something quickly and in the short term. I don't think it comes from a malicious place. And um, I've personally certainly even been in positions where I've succumbed to pressure like that and, and made some short term decisions. So I have a lot of empathy for founders and CEOs that that might do that. Um, but I think it comes back to to that. And then you also, I think, talked about the, the team of people that they surround themselves with, right? Are they finding other great leaders and team members that share that same long-term mindset and uh, and also are bought into the vision and, and the story that the company is, is telling? One question that I get asked, and I'm curious what you think about this, is if a, if a CEO doesn't have those qualities and they maybe don't get marketing, can you change their mind? Is it possible to do that? Yeah. What is is your opinion on that? (laughs) Well, uh, there are two things that that you can do, one after uh, after the other. First, I mean, you can try to do a small thing on the side, on your own, Mm -hmm. uh, invest your time, I don't know if it's like the money, budget or whatever, and try to, uh, to get results out of it. And when it happens, you can, you can try to prove it. But if that doesn't work, then you just need to get the hell out of there. I mean, in, in, in most cases, it's the second, the second thing that, that happens. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people that uh, are trying to explain to the CEOs not using their own language. Uh, let's say there are a lot of tech-oriented companies founded by developers. Mm-hmm. So you need to explain something to a developer using his own language. Mm-hmm. So they are problem sol- solvers. So you need to go over there and try to explain them the way they will understand. And uh, I think also this is something not many people are trying to do uh, when they are trying to explain something. It's marketing. How come you don't get it? But they don't get it. They are different kind of people. They are thinking in a different way or or maybe like if they're the ceo who is a leader they are then, then seeing the big picture you need to to draw them that small thing that you want to implement into their big picture just like draw yeah. them the perspective mm-hmm. i hear you 
So um, when we kind of go back to that status quo, you're rejecting and it's, you know, really the the marketing leader needs to have a seat at the table, report to the, the CEO. They need to be measured against the right metrics. Um, you know, they, they, they should be part of a company where the, the CEO really gets it. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to try and um, inspire this change? You know, as sort of the CEO of a marketing agency, you have the opportunity to work with a lot of different companies. And so as you engage with your customers um, or even speaking with prospective customers or otherwise, what are some of the things that you're doing to try and inspire people to, you know, break away from the, the status quo and try and move forward and do things in a better way? Um, like, yeah, I, I can tell the story that happened like yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> we, we, we lost, we lost the client and, uh, it happened, uh, in the second month of, of our, uh, cooperation mm-hmm. it, from the very beginning, like we started, I talked with the, with the, with the CEO, a good guy, they're all good people. Even on the first call, he was, uh, with a baby it was like great conversation. And then like he sent out the girl who is doing marketing uh, for them just to have another conversation before we start talking with it. And uh, it turns out that she's like working half time. She's studying and working and all kinds of things. And I said, okay, but he is the guy with whom I'm talking with. So let's, let's go on with it. And even like when we start working with somebody, we give them all kind of like the whole folder in Google Drive. So when we give them like, this is the plan, this is the strategy, this is what's going to happen in the next three months, step by step. This is what we are doing. This is how we're creating content. This is how we're doing the distribution. And this is these are the things that you are doing. And uh, before anything else, these are the things that we need to get you there. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, we started by the, uh, giving us restrictions over some of the things. And uh, by the end of the first month, we were just the company that's doing uh, copy for the social media post. Nothing mm-hmm. else. So uh, I wrote them an email because I'm direct like that. I don't want to work with anybody, no matter what the money is in case is a question. Just I want us to do the things that we are the best at. So I wrote them directly and I said, okay, look, uh, you, this happened, this happened, this happened. With these things going on, I cannot promise you the same results as, as I promised before we started working together. And uh, you hired us for some reasons. We are professionals who are here to help you with something. You thought that we can help you when you reached out to us. And mm-hmm. we thought that you are the, the great fit for us. Uh, so uh, it would be good to allow us on just to allow us to A-B test some things and see if they work or not. Uh, so basically they felt offended by that. Nobody ever told me that, like, mm-hmm. but I know. Uh, and what's the funny thing that when, when I was having a conversation with, with them like yesterday, um, I kind of knew what's going on before I sent out the, the email. Uh, I was already prepared for that, for that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like, cause some clients are, are here just to get us to the, to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, basically they said, we enjoy, uh, having conversation with you. 
like this one when I'm like talking to them what uh, what they should do, what can be done, what are the good things, what are the bad things, but they just don't implement anything. Got it. And yeah, so that was uh, that was thing. And in uh, what I wanted to say is that. Uh, when you hire somebody and when that somebody uh, you hire to do some things that you can't do because they are better than that and you realize that and that's why you hire somebody, you should listen to them because I'm not somebody who is coming to you just, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to you uh, saying, okay, this is not good because of this, this is that and we can do this and this to help you improve that. And this is not an arrogant uh, thing to do. This is something that you hired us for, that you yep. are paying us for. And I told them like, if you want to get somebody who is gonna do social media posts for you, then I think you can get somebody and pay them less than you pay us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think you're hitting on something really important and it kind of aligns with what you were saying before. Like if you realize that the CEO or the company is just not open-minded to um, accepting um, sort of new strategies and new approaches, um, you know, you have an opportunity to, to try and prove it to them and to let them know. But if they don't let you prove it to them or they restrict what you're able to do to a point where it's no longer differentiated and it becomes a commodity. If it's just writing copy or, or pushing out ads, whatever it is, um, you know, you can make your best effort, but sometimes you actually have to say goodbye. So it sounds like what you're, you're really, your, your approach is, you know, you want to bring other companies forward, um, show them the new way. Um, and you're going to make every attempt to do that. But ultimately if they don't let you, um, then you'll sort of, uh, politely, say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there are so many things uh, inside that that uh, have never been questioned. Like, uh, right. just uh, a quick, quick example. So, a lot of B2B companies already have content on their website. Mm -hmm. And usually it's great content because they hire somebody for SEO, they found out the keywords and everything else. They wrote uh, great, great content, but for the search engines and they just shared it on the page or a few of their employees just did that and like they get, I don't know, 40 people who are, have seen the blog post and they, they write another one, then another one because they are hiring uh, content writers and they need something to do. And mm -hmm. so when you come there and you start doing distribution, there's no need for you to do again the research, the keywords, everything else. You can just get the tone of voice of those people in the company and know who you, uh, you are talking with and just use that text from the, from the articles to, to create social media posts and because they're already good. They're already going towards pain points. Mm -hmm. You just need to add personality towards that. And so many companies don't understand that, that uh, it's important to uh, just be more efficient, faster, and get more content out there that's hammering on pain points and not to get like the perfect content because it's, mm -hmm. it never happens. Mm -hmm. For that, I agree. I agree with that. No, that makes total sense. Um, so I have two more questions for you. When um, I always like to ask this, we'll sort of we'll do a future cast 10 years from now. It's 2030. What what do you hope 
um, is true as it relates to B2B marketing. Um, 10 years is, is, a, is a little bit of time. So hopefully a lot of the things we're doing today are more accepted, but what do you, what do you believe B2B marketing is going to be like 10 years from now? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm going to say what, what I want it to be. And I want it to, to be uh, centered around people. Uh, not to have like B2C centered around people, but also B2B because uh, one thing that will always remain there is that people will buy your product or your service uh, if you're a good person. And if you can communicate with them, you can show yourself. And um, those are the things that not uh, that not valued high enough today. And in the future, because the communication is getting to another level, who knows how we're going to communicate in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe the same way because like technology is failing us uh, every prediction that we had. Uh, but uh, like... I think we will be able to understand each other much better. Let, let's go even to like some futuristic thing. Like maybe we could uh, read uh, our sentences before we ever say a word. And imagine that, uh, that I can see what you're thinking or I can see what somebody else is thinking. And if we are all turned into ethics and doing good things, helping people, uh, like solve their problems uh imagine how that will go and if you can see that uh that somebody else is thinking something else it will all change so uh, people will go on the other it will become linkedin <laughs> <laughs> linkedin in real life <laughs> yeah, yeah i just realized that everybody would be positive so maybe that's not a good thing <laughs> No, and I love your point on just the people, right? And I, I actually think you made a post on this, if I'm remembering correctly, on like, you know, it's not B2B, it's human to human. And I uh, think Yeah, as, it was, it was yeah. the name of the, of the newsletter last week. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, as actually, I think as we get more technology or it continues to advance, I actually think the, the human touch and the, the human elements of people are going to actually matter even more because technology will continue to to take over different parts of our lives and it'll it'll continue to become like the scarce part or the differentiator so i'm a i'm a big believer in that yeah we will need so, that human touch absolutely absolutely so um out of what I like to say is, you know, if you have one piece of advice that you want to give to people listening as it relates to, to marketing, um, you know, if they took away nothing else from this conversation, um, what is the one thing that you would tell people that you want people to remember uh, from this episode? Read comics and listen to more music. <laughs> I love yeah, that. I love that. Uh, let, let me explain. Like comics is the one thing they ca- that can uh, teach you how to write copy, how to create the environment, how to get everybody in the room on the right place to mm-hmm. achieve something. Uh, and creativity, of course. And music. Music is very much needed between every meeting between the hard times in the good times in the bad times whatever happened music is is here i often get stressed about all kind of things because like today i had like six calls like this one and if i didn't play like bruce springsteen my hometown in the in the middle of it i would be highly stressful right now (laughs) 
<laughs> for that. Absolutely. I, music cures all the, the good and the bad. I love that. And I think, um, I never thought about comics that way, but now that you explain that, that makes total sense. Well, this was a wonderful conversation, Nemanja. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us on everything marketing and, and joining today. Um, wish you the best and look forward to talking again soon. 